Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Great was worship today. You know, I'm so excited for next week, September 12th, where we have our relaunch Sunday. We are going to be worshiping live, in person, all across this city. It's going to be fantastic. I'm excited for that to get back together. You know, I feel like it's been a bit of a wild season. Like I would say that for the past little while. And I'm just excited to see you again in the flesh, in person. If you haven't been out to watch parties before, haven't seen you in a while, I'm excited to see you. If you've joined us during this online season. Man, I'm so glad that I'm going to actually get to meet you in person. Please come and say hello. I would love to see you. You know, we're excited for September 12th, but of course we are so excited for what comes after September 12th and the weeks that follow as we look to make disciples of all of Ontario and we look to to grow deeper in community and to, to grow as a church. We're just in full anticipation mode with what God's going to do. But I'm also looking forward to preaching today and talking about um, what God has placed on my heart. You know, we're in the countdown to September 12th, to our relaunch, and we just want to orient ourselves really in these weeks leading up just towards what God is doing, what God has to say, and be in the posture of readiness. So why don't we jump right into scripture here. I'm going to go to John 15, verses 1 to 8, and I'm actually going to read out the message version so you can follow along with me. It says this, it says, I am the real vine. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Why don't we pray and we will dive into this. God, I thank you so much that you have given us your word, Lord, and there's so much there. And I pray today that you would speak through me as we pull this apart and as we dive into it a little bit more today. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but now that it's September, I'm all about fall. We had like a boiling hot August, okay? So hot. I don't know. Every day it was like getting into our cars and like suffocating. And it was such a hot, hot August. And I am ready for fall. I love fall. And I love fall in Waterloo region. I just feel like there is something about like the harvest that takes place. Like there are so many farmers fields around and so many things around. I just love the harvest that happens in Waterloo. You know, kids starting school, uh, you know, apples 
all these great things that happen in the fall. I am easy to please, okay? Send my kids to school and give me a Granny Smith and I'm gonna be happy. You know, Brandon and I moved to a house um, just about 10 minutes outside the city back in November of 2020. And we are now experiencing fall on our drives out there because we passed by so many farmer's fields. We passed by all of this on this 10 minute drive and it is so peaceful. It is so wonderful. I have not gotten used to that drive yet. I, I still am in awe of it because as the seasons change, we have seen the growth that has taken place in all of those fields over the course of the whole summer. And we're about to see the harvest come in that takes place now in the fall and in the autumn. I mean, I took the kids to the park the other day and the, there's a big cornfield that bumps up against the park. I mean, we are in like Mennonite country uh, where we live. And the kids and I were, I won't tell the farmer this, but we were like climbing towards the cornfield and like looking at the corn stalks. I think it's corn for cows. So it's not like, it's that big of a deal. We only looked at one stalk, but we were like pulling it apart and I was showing them and we're like, oh, the harvest, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so great. You know, I, I was realizing that in our lives, just as the, the fields are changing and they are coming towards harvest time, in our lives, things rarely stay the same. And we are actually made to produce a harvest. We are actually made for production. We are made to actually see things come out of us, to bear fruit, not necessarily corn, but to bear fruit is the example that we see given in scripture. You see, when we become a Christian, when you accept Jesus into your life and the free gift of salvation that he came and died and rose again, when you accept that in your life, you actually also receive the Holy Spirit. And out of the Holy Spirit comes a harvest, comes fruit. There's fruit of the Spirit that we can look to. You know, we can rhyme these off, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And there's these fruits that come out of us as we learn to live in the Spirit, as we actually look to the Spirit. And it's easy to talk about these. And these are things maybe you have memorized or something that you've written down somewhere or something that you've read over in Scripture. But sometimes it can feel like this fruit is a little bit lacking in our lives. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I'm like, okay, I could, I could do with a bit more um, peace in my life. You know, all of a sudden I read a news headline and it can throw me off for a while. And I just feel anxious or I feel worried. And I'm like, where is this peace? You know, sometimes I'm lacking self-control. All of a sudden I'm eating all this junk food or I'm staying up late and I'm just not treating my body well in that area. Or, you know, patience can be a difficult fruit sometimes that is lacking in my life as I'm trying to get, you know, three kids at the door, kids eating breakfast or going to bed. Um, you know, or, or listening or uh, coming back in the house after playtime or patience can be a little bit lacking in certain areas. And all the moms and dads said, uh, amen. You know, I was thinking about this idea that, that sometimes the fruit in my life, this kind of outward um, forbearance of what God is doing in my life, of what the Holy Spirit's doing in my life, sometimes can feel like it's lacking a little bit in certain areas. And I, I realized that sometimes I think I'm getting the, getting the source and the produce mixed up. Like sometimes I'm actually going to the wrong source in order to have an output in my life. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
And we can kind of grasp this, right? We can kind of get the idea that we are the branches. Okay, God, like I'm the branch, you're the vine, this is great. We are vehicles used to produce fruit. We move forward your kingdom. We actually are, are part of that line. But oftentimes, in order to try to get the fruit of faithfulness and godliness in our lives, we are attaching ourselves to things other than Jesus. We're actually disconnecting ourselves from him in order to produce this. And sometimes we're doing this even subconsciously. You know, some of us are expecting to set up home and get everything good and get everything in order and then invite Jesus into that space, right? We figure out things in our lives. We want to make sure things are perfect. We want to make sure that, okay, if I can get this figured out and I can get this sorted out and I can have this worked out, well, then Jesus is going to, I'm going to be able to meet Jesus in that place. I'm going to be ready for him. I'm going to be ready for what he has. And we're expecting Jesus to meet us there. But Jesus is actually saying, make your home in me. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to do it in your own strength. Don't try to do it with your own smarts. Don't try to do it with the right job or the right relationship or bank account or perspective or friendships. Do it in me. All of the good, all of the bad, all of the rooms that you would close when people come over because it's messy behind the door, all of that, do it in me. Abide in me. See, God calls us to be fruit bearers and to live according to his will. But he is, here, here is the key of all of it, is that he never expects us to figure it all out on our own. Sometimes we expect so much of ourselves and God is not expecting that of us. He doesn't send us off solo. John 14, 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You see, as the branches, we actually have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to remain attached to the Father and to produce the fruit. And yet so many of us are just trying to figure this out on our own. We're treating this as a solo mission and it is leaving us grasping at the wrong things for sustenance and life. So we know that Jesus is the vine, and yet we sometimes attach ourselves to things that are not him. And I just want to talk about a couple of them. And these two, I think, are the big ones. And I think they're actually kind of sneaky because we don't even realize we're doing it because we use language in church that would make us feel like maybe we're just doing the right things here. But if we're not careful, these two things can actually be the wrong source in our lives. So just check this out. Track with me here. The first one that we can sometimes attach ourselves to as our source in order to try to bear fruit on the other side of it is other people. So this is a place where we can actually get really mixed up and really disappointed when we start to attach ourselves to other people as our source for life, as our source for what we need. So many of us are actually looking to other people to be our life source. And we use language like, oh, I'm loving other people. Other people are loving me. Whatever. But we're actually starting to cre create this dependence on other people as our life source above Jesus. See, the problem is, is that when we look to other branches to fuel us and sustain us, we, we have to actually realize that we are just actually looking towards a pile of branches, basically firewood, to be our source. It would be like looking at a pile of logs and saying that they are alive and well when they are no longer attached to the tree and they are actually cut down and just in a pile. Our validation, our worth, our sense of self, our mission, our direction, our purpose, our confidence, our energy cannot come from other people. That cannot be the main source that we look to. Because people will disappoint you and they will hurt you. 
Like that's just the reality. And you're going to disappoint other people and you're going to hurt them. And that's sometimes hard to reconcile and to really realize. I think this has really come to light in COVID, at least for me a little bit more. I know that I have hurt people in the past couple of years. You know, I know that there are expectations that maybe I wasn't privy to, that people have been hurt by. I know that there are people who uh, maybe there's expectations that I was aware of and I, I failed you or I have somehow disappointed you. I have hurt people. And that's hard to recognize and to be able to say. I've also been hurt by other people. I've been hurt over, over the past year and a half from people just, you know, feeling like they're feeling disconnected or feeling, dis- I, I feel like they've said they're going to do one thing and then doing another thing or, you know, people coming up and criticizing or giving feedback that's, that's really rough to hear, or maybe even worse, silence, you know, people who are just not saying anything to your face and then gossiping behind your back or people taking off without any chance to have a conversation or communicate. People hurt people. It happens. And it's not necessarily out of ill intent, but it happens at times. And if our life source is coming from others, And we expect that to sustain us to bear fruit, to serve, to love our community, to be disciples of Jesus. We are actually going to experience burnout really quickly. Because as much as people are wonderful, they are far from perfect. And if our lives are built on people, when the storms come up, it's not going to actually be sustainable. You know, I think we've seen this. When the person doesn't call, when the team member doesn't follow up, when someone has a moral failing, when those things happen, we end up hurt and discouraged. And if they have been our life source, if they are the ones that we are searching and looking to in difficult times, in troubled times, in in any kind of life coming out of us, in in keeping our faith, if we are attached to people for that, man, what are we going to do when all of a sudden that, that source kind of fails us or goes out? What are we going to do with that? We need to be careful and recognize that other people are also branches. You know, I, I've had to recognize this, that, that your spouse is a branch. Your spouse is not the vine. Brandon is amazing. He is a wonderful husband. He is present and attentive and loving and caring and will sit with me when I'm being dramatic and will be with me uh, uh, in all of these different circumstances and times. But there are situations and times where I have looked to him to be my source over Jesus and that's not okay. That's the wrong order. He's not my source. My parents are not My source, they're amazing people. I love them. I've had so many women come up to me and say, it's been amazing to be able to meet with your mom and sit with your mom. And she's so great. And she is. And my dad is fantastic. But they are not my source. Your kids are not your source. They can't be, whether they're toddlers and they are giving you purpose and they are giving you life or maybe they've grown up and they become good friends of yours and and they just are a confidant. They cannot be your source of life. It doesn't work with other people. Brandon and I, as your pastors, we're not your source. We are branches. Your locals leader is a branch. Your team lead is a branch. We are branches and we can encourage each other. We can cheer one another on. We can uh, experience growth together. We can dive deeper together. We can go through life experiences together. We can come alongside one another in difficult times and good times. But we are branches and other people are branches. We have to get this right. They cannot be our source. And the second one is this. Sometimes we look to ourselves to be our source. We look to ourselves to be the vine. 
that we are getting sustenance from. Sometimes we expect so much of ourselves. And this really comes out of this comparison mentality. It looks like everybody else is kind of self-made, right? They're a self-made man, a self-made woman. They've got it together. Somehow they've got this figured out and that figured out and they don't struggle with this or it doesn't seem like that. And so that's what I've got to be. You know, I, I always notice for people that when I hear the word should, I'm pretty, I'm almost always sure that, that, that someone's struggling with shame in that moment. You know, I should have this figured out by now. I should be able to do this job. I should be happy because look at everything that's going on in my life. I shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't, I, we go into this place where we are so hard on ourselves and have so many expectations because we believe that something we are doing should be the source of what is coming out of us. We have this expectation somewhere along the lines that we are the vine, we are the branches, and we are the fruit. We've got to have it all figured out. We've got to have that whole lifeline worked out within ourselves or there's something wrong with us or there's something missing. If I could just muster up more self-discipline, maybe I'd get in shape. If I just had more systems and structures in my life, then I would have it all figured out. If I could just find a way to be more like that person over there, then everything would be good. We start comparing ourselves to other people and have expectations on ourselves that actually are not of God. Because this kind of behavior, this kind of thinking, it only leads to activity, not fruit. It leads to busyness, not harvest. It leads to stress, not rest. Our source has to be Jesus. And this actually takes a really big level of humility. You know, because it puts us in a place of recognizing that we are the branch. We're actually not the vine. And we're not the fruit. We are the branch. You know, this is also actually one of the most freeing things, if we can get a grip on it, that our job is to be the branch. We don't have to, we don't have to do it all. But get this, you see, with Jesus, when we connect ourselves, when we make that conscious choice to connect ourselves that he is the vine, that he is the life source, we actually get to experience a two-way relationship with him. This doesn't just go one way. When we choose Jesus, he also chooses us. In verse four, it says, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. You see, by turning to Jesus, by not putting ourselves or other people in that place, we are brought into this loving home where we are connected to a never-ending source of love, grace, hope, purpose, right living, sanctification, growth, all things that people can't provide us with in a sustainable way, that we can't provide ourselves with just mustering it up. It has to come through the source himself that is Jesus. It's through that that we get to be part of bearing fruit and living lives that impact the world around us. I mean, this is such an incredible picture when you actually stop to think about it. The life-giving vine, it spreads across this province, across this country, across the globe of this vine of Jesus, this spreading vine with branches out all over the place, bearing fruit, loving people, caring for people, coming alongside people, sharing the gospel. What a beautiful picture this is. But you know, there's something that we actually can't forget about here as we're talking about this. Last week, Brandon talked about getting honest with ourselves, right? Getting honest with where we're at with loving people, where we're at with community, where we're at with sin and struggles in our lives and just pulling it out of the darkness, pulling it out, 
removing shame from it, pulling it out and actually getting honest with it and recognizing that that's where God can do something with it is in our honesty. And I wonder if you've done this this past week. And I would encourage you to take some time to think about it because we need to get honest in order to have the humility and openness we need to allow for the next part. In verse one, Jesus says, my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You see, if we're connected to Jesus, if our focus is on him, if we choose to believe that he died for us and rose again, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, then we are going to bear fruit. You can expect that in your life, that if you are connected to the right source, you are going to see fruit come out of your life. The challenge here is that in our humanity and in our brokenness, we are going to experience and also at times choose sin. And this is where the pruning process takes place. See, there are things in our lives that often need to be pruned back. You know, last week I came outside and Kenzie was standing on a chair. These kids have free run of the house, okay? She was standing on a chair beside a bush outside with a pair of scissors. And I mean, we talk about scissor safety, but they also like to cut things. So she's trimming one of our, our, our bushes out there. She was just like cutting it away and like, you know, creating some sort of animal structure or, or sculpture out of it. No, it was just like literally flying little pieces of, uh, pieces of a bush out there. And I mean, we take tri- tree trimming pretty seriously in our house. If you've watched any of Brandon's vlogs, you would see that there's a whole art form to trimming the trees that are happening there. Uh, you know, she's always wanting to help Brandon trim, but I, I think it's good for us to recognize that God doesn't just prune us back. He doesn't just trim us back to be cruel or to cut us. He prunes us so that we actually can be healthy. You know, there are likely things in your life that you can think of right now where you're like, yep, get that out of here, God. Don't miss this spot. Like, this is not a good place. Like, can you just take care of that? And that's fantastic. But it's also important to find ourselves in a posture where we're asking God to actually search us, to actually look and say, is there anything you've got to prune away? And it might be things that I don't even notice or recognize. Psalm 139, 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything, any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now we need to recognize that we are not the vine. We're not, we're also not the farmer and we don't know it all. We don't always know why a certain area needs cleansing and needs pruning, but God knows that with that gone, we are going to be more effective at bearing fruit. We don't always have to understand every reason why the farmer prunes because he is actually all knowing. We are a branch. Let's stop telling the farmer what to do. We are a branch, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. He is looking to shape us and form us in a way that is the most productive. You know, recognizing that we are branches actually takes humility and surrender, but it also releases a lot of pressure. It's going to be really important that as we head into the fall that we take this seriously. This is an important piece as we go even into next week. Because if we expect other people to be our main source, if we expect ourselves to be our source, if we hide away for pruning or get mad at God for removing something in us, we are going to become disconnected. You know, it doesn't always happen fast, but I've definitely seen it happen. We're over time, you know, there's a little bit less fruit and you start to realize that this person's kind of feeling disconnected from the source and all of a sudden they're kind of broken off of what God wanted to do in their life. There's a choice that's made here. 
We need to stay connected to the source. He's going to sustain us in whatever comes this fall and whatever happens with the election and whatever goes on with COVID in our province and whatever happens with kids going to school and hopefully staying in school for the year and whatever goes on in your life, God is going to sustain you if we are focused on being connected to the source that is Jesus. But more than that, he's going to help you lift your eyes off of ourselves and recognize that the branches are not the end of the tree. It's not the end of the vine. It's the fruit of our lives that help to identify the tree, that identify the vine that people actually take notice of. You know, I'm going to close with this, with this story. You know, I took the kids to the park the other day. We love the park. It's near our house. It was great. And there was this huge tree off to the side and Kenzie ran over to it right away. And she's like, mom, what is this? Like, what kind of tree is this? There was obviously some fruit hanging on it. And I thought at first maybe it was like a, an apple tree, but didn't have that kind of look to it. And so I came over and I took a look and I was like, this is a pear tree. Like, what the heck is a pear tree doing in the middle of the park? I don't think I've ever seen a pear tree before. There's like hundreds, if not thousands of pears on this tree everywhere. And Kenzie started grabbing the branches down and pulling them down. She started picking off the pears, which I'm sure is fine because it was a public park. She wanted to take them home and cut them open and check it out. So she starts picking off some of these pears. And she thought it was so cool that we had a pear tree in our park, in our neighborhood, like right there, that we have this pear tree right there. And I thought it was pretty cool too. You know, I was thinking about this as we go next week into Landmark Cinemas at the Boardwalk, which is going to be amazing. And we're here at Maxwell's in the evenings, and we're occupying Lions Hall in Elmira. And all of a sudden, we're gathering together again live and worshiping together again. And even as we go as individuals, and maybe we're re-entering workplaces, you know, throughout the fall. And as our kids start school, as we go into university classrooms and start off different things this fall. I, I think that it's important to say that my vision and our vision for us as a church is that we would be people who see our lives, or that there would be people, the people that we meet in these spaces, that the people who are in these neighborhoods, that the people who are in these classrooms, that they would actually see our lives how we live, how we talk, how we love, and go, what in the world kind of tree is that? What kind of tree is that? And that they would actually want to take the fruit and that they would be so blessed by receiving the fruit that is coming out of our lives. And, and, and that the, they would be so excited that that kind of tree is in their neighborhood, is in their space, is in their workplace, is in their classroom, because it's such a cool tree. It's such a great tree to have. The fruit is just so good coming off of it. And that that actually would cause them to go, okay, what is the source of this? Like, what kind of tree is it? And that the fruit that's coming out of our lives, because we are connected to the source that they would actually be taking that and going I want to get to the source myself I just want to understand where this comes from I actually and that through that we are leading people to Jesus see we've got to get the source right if we are actually going to be the branches that bear the fruit in our lives that people are actually so curious about what is that what is it about your life and the fruit that's coming out of you I want some of that for myself, but we've got to get connected to the right source. We've got to be willing to be pruned. You know, I'm going to pray quickly. And if you're listening and hey, you've never 
made a decision to follow Jesus, I just really want to pray for you. Now's a great opportunity to do that. If you've just been holding back or you've been unsure, maybe you're listening for the first time and you just want that source, that connection to recognize that God's not mad at you, that he actually wants, he chooses you just as you choose him. He wants to be in relationship with you. And he went so far as to die and rise again so that, that sin wouldn't be an issue and that you could have eternal life with him. If that's you today, I just very simply want to pray with you. So if you're at a watch party, why don't you raise a hand up? If you're watching online, you can click a button in the chat. And why don't we pray? God, I thank you for everyone making this decision today. I just pray right now that you would uh, meet them right where they're at, God. That they would know that they are now connected to a life source that is so significant. God, we, we celebrate this decision. We thank you that you would die and rise again so that we could actually make this decision. And God, I pray for everyone that's making it right now that we would just be able to connect and get them in community, God. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, maybe you're listening and you're going, I just need to, to rework where my life source is at. Maybe you've been putting it in other people. Maybe you've been putting it in yourself. Maybe you've been resisting this pruning process that God is doing and thinking that somehow God's upset with you or mad at you or, or trying to cut you down or something like that. And he's really just pruning you for for more fruit. I just want to pray for you. And I also just want to pray for our city as we go into next week as well. So why don't we pray and then we'll head back into worship. God, we thank you that you've made it clear that we don't have to do this on our own, that we don't have to figure out what we need to prune on our own, that we don't have to try to muster up enough life, that we don't have to look to other people for our life source, God, but that we can actually be connected to you, that we can actually be found in you, that we can be at home in you, and that you give us everything we need, God. Jesus, that you would be so gracious to us. So right now, I pray for every person who has put their hope and their source, whether consciously or subconsciously, in the people around them or in themselves, God, I pray right now that we would release that and we would get back to you, God that we would release everyone else and everything else that we turn to first and we look to right off the bat and we would go to you first, the source of our needs, God. And I pray right now, God, that I give full permission if we are surrendering and for those who are desiring and wanting this, God, that you would prune. God, we just pray that you would prune us so that we may bear more fruit. And that's not always easy, but God, we openly look for it today and we seek it out. God, we pray for next week as we go into these spaces and we occupy and we, we do things live again and we just cry out, God, that you would move and continue to move and that, that we would just be a vehicle that you would use, Lord, as your branches to be able to see people who are far from you come into relationship with you, Lord. We pray for this. We seek it out. And we thank you, God, for this opportunity. In your name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.